What's better than two professionals talking Flyers hockey? Two amateurs. This is Getting Bullied, a Flyers hockey podcast. Now put the kids to bed and crank it up. Did we just become best friends? Yep. Podcast partner of philliesflyer.com. This is Getting Bullied. Mark Giannone, Dan Silver with you for another hour of titillating conversation about the Flyers and the NHL. Dan, is it um, is it not PC anymore to say Happy New Year at this point? I think uh, I think we can cover it all. You know, uh, Happy Hanukkah, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, right around the block. It's uh, Kwanzaa, Happy Kwanzaa. You know, there's just so much going on. I, I, uh, it's 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 awesome. You know, I got some presents I need to return, and uh, mm-hmm. you know, it's everything's great, man. It's uh, you know, back, we got Flyers hockey coming back, the World Juniors. This is my favorite time of the year. I got to be honest with you. Well, as the song goes, it is indeed the most wonderful time of year, and especially if you're a, a hockey fan, Flyers are going to be coming off of the uh, Christmas break. They're like kids at school. Everyone gets a break for Christmas now. You can't work through the holidays, even if you're a professional athlete. Um, so a game, uh, when people hear this, the game against Florida will have already been played. This is before that. This is being recorded before that. So what we'll do today is we're going to kind of close out the wonderful year that was uh, 2017, we're going to look ahead to 2018. Everywhere in the world, every TV station, radio station, everybody's doing a year in review, so why not us? So let's uh, let's just jump right into it. 2017 was a year of ups and downs, a lot more downs. But to this point, as we close out this year, what's your overall view on the Philadelphia Flyers? So I think that there are more positives right now than there were a year ago, or at least at the end of last season. So, you know, the Flyers missed the playoffs last season. Quite honestly, it doesn't look like they're going to make the playoffs this season. They could, but there are some encouraging signs. And, and, you know, one of the encouraging signs for me, actually, and you may disagree with me, is that I actually think that the head coach has handled the talent on this year's team a lot better than he has last Mm. year. So let's start with the move to put Claude Giroux at left wing has that Dave Haxtell came up with uh, presumably on his own. That move was criticized at first by some it's been brilliant. Giroux's had his best start to the season in, you know, three years. He's been sensational putting Sean Couturier as the number one center has been huge for him. He's having far and away his best year. He's could be a favorite for the Selkie trophy as the NHL's best defensive forward. So I think those two moves with the veterans have really paid off for Haxtell. And honestly, I think he's learned a little bit with how to use the young guys. So last year we saw Travis Konechny get scratched. Shane Gossespierre got scratched. Everyone was up in arms about that. I think this year, He's actually been a little bit better at utilizing some of the young kids. I love the fact that he moved Travis Konechny up to the first line mm-hmm. uh, last yeah. week. I think Konechny was really good in that game with 
Couturier and Giroux, and I'm excited to see how is going to be on that line moving forward. They moved Nolan Patrick up to the second line. I mean, Nolan Patrick has really been struggling this season. He obviously had the, the injury, the likely concussion that he was out for almost a month. And, you know, he has not he's, he hasn't been stra- scratched at all this season. They just moved him up to the second line center. Um, and he's been playing a little bit better of late. I, I think that Hackstall showing a little bit more patience with some of these young kids, not scratching them. I also like the fact that they moved uh, Ghost up on the top defensive pair with Ivan Provorov. I thought those two were sensational in the last game that the Flyers played. So I still have a lot of issues with how Dave Hackstall coaches the team and some of the things that he does. But I think he's been doing a better job this year than he has last year. Now, look, the end of the season comes around. The Flyers haven't made the playoffs. Obviously, that's a problem. But at this point, I'm not ready to place the blame on Dave Axel for this team. I think they might just not be good enough. Um, and so I'm, I am cautiously optimistic about the coach moving forward. Um, and, you know, I think that uh, I'd like to see Nolan Patrick and Konechny maybe put up some better stats in the second half, play a little bit better. But, uh, you know, with some of the young talent that's going to be coming up behind those guys, I, I'm, I'm, you know, despite the fact that they're probably not going to make the playoffs this year, I'm, I'm cautiously, cautiously optimistic and feeling okay about the team right now. Um, yeah, I, I will disagree with you. Um, not all of it. Uh, obviously, you can't argue with what he, with the moves made with, Drew and Couturier. I don't know if that's him being, you know, a good talent evaluator or he just got lucky and just kind of threw something at the wall and it happened to stick. Uh, obviously, Couturier, and me and you talked about it a couple weeks ago that we didn't think that what he was doing and what Drew was doing were sustainable. And it looks pretty much like it is. It looks like this is how they're going to play for a large part of the rest of the season. I mean, there's ebbs and flows every every season with every player, and they're going to hit a dip at some point, but I don't think it's going to be a dip that's going to you know stay there and they're just going to – I think for the most part, the, their play is going to be pretty much how it has been for the start of this season. Um, as far as his use uh, of the younger guys, really he hasn't had much of a choice. I mean, the only other veterans he really has on the uh, on the roster to use are Laterra and Weiss. And let's just face it, I mean, they both are not good hockey players. So if you, you'd rather use a younger guy with talent than an older guy that's just going to slow down the whole pace of the game. So I think between last year and this year, if he had the players, the veteran presence that he had last year, uh, I don't know if his use of the younger guys would be as good as it is to this point. You know, we saw what he did last year with Vandevelde and Belmar, and we could beat our heads against the walls and bitch and complain about that, you know, till the end of time. But thankfully that's over with. And really the, the credit to me would go to Ron Hextall for not bringing in more guys like that and just saying, all right, well now it's the time to start moving forward with these young kids that we've, spent uh so much well not so much I mean really it was just draft picks and things like that but you know it's time to start moving forward with these guys and see what we have because we can't push this process off anymore by bringing in Belmar and Vandevelde types so really I mean Haxtell 
he is what he is to me. You know, I don't think he's ever – I think just where he's at right now, some of the decisions he's made, he's going to keep making. You know, you're seeing the same thing again this year with um, the whole goaltending situation when it comes to the young goalie backing up the veteran starter. Now, obviously, you can't hate the fact that he's playing um, Brian Elliott a lot because Brian Elliott's played really well all year. But at the same token, you know, he it gets to the point where – you got to give a guy a night off, and, you know, one game, really, and it's hard to say this about a team that's a fringe playoff team, but it's, it's probably be- more beneficial to you to start uh, Alex Lyon for one game, maybe not anymore now that they've had this break, uh, but before that, it was probably beneficial to start Alex Lyon for one game, just to give Elliot the night off, and, you know, you just kind of have to trust the guys in front of the goalie to you know, win the game, but I don't, that's never going to be Hackstall's MO. You know, he's just, I don't know. He's frustrating, but I guess for the most part this year, he, he hasn't been awful, but I still don't think going forward that he is the, um, I don't think he's a long-term solution at head coach. And I know Ron Hackstall has already said this year otherwise, but there is a lot of promising things that we have seen uh, so far from the young guys this season to get excited going into 2018 and beyond. Yeah, I mean, look, as a whole, I'm still not a huge fan of, of Dave Paxdolls, but I just, you know, I do want to give him a little bit of credit because I think that he's pushed some of the right buttons this season. You're totally right about the goalies. He he did the same thing last year, right? He would start Neuvert for 10 games in a row and then he would start Mason for 12 games in a row. And it's, you know, he rides these guys a little bit too hard, which I think ultimately ends up in them getting injured. Uh, Neuwirth is injury prone anyway. And I think he's kind of, he was in a tough spot the last month just because with Neuwirth injured and Alex Lyon is like a borderline good AHL goalie. I mean, he wasn't even good in the AHL this year. Um, And, it's like you got a team that's, you know, like if you're in it's you know, solidly in a playoff spot, you know, maybe, but you've got a team that, you know, needs every point they can get. So I, it's, there are some games along the way that probably Alex Lyon should have, should have played it, right? They got back to back games and one of them's against the Sabres, like let Lyon play in that game. And they lost the game anyway. Yeah, they played like but, shit um, that whole game. Yeah. Yeah. That was a terrible game. So I, yeah, he needs to find a much better, you know, rhythm with his goalies. And I, I think if Neuvirth had been healthy, he probably would have played him a couple of those games. Mm-hmm. He just saddled with, you know, Alex Lyon, who he's not comfortable with playing at that level at all. So they're going to need to, if Neuvirth's going to continue getting injured, they're going to have to trade for another backup goalie or sign someone in the offseason. Because next year, Carter Hart is probably going to be the starter for the Phantoms, I would guess. And it's clear that, you know, Alex Lyon right now, they don't have confidence in it all to, to, to be an NHL backup. Anthony Stolarz, who, I mean, who knows with him, his career could be over. His, his knee injury sounds pretty bad. Yeah. So they're going to have to figure something out so they've got a backup. But, uh, but yes, Hackstall has an over-alliance on the goaltenders for sure. Um, but, you know, I think uh, I'm still a little bit optimistic. Obviously, going into tonight's game against Florida, which which uh, is going to be after this broadcast, but going into the game, the Flyers are six points out of a playoff spot, and they've got to pass, what, uh, three teams to get into the playoffs? 
I, it's very unlikely that this team's going to make the playoffs because you look at it and the teams that are ahead of them, the Islanders, the Hurricanes, and the Penguins, I think all three of those teams are better than the Flyers. So, you know, so how are they? They're behind these teams. I don't know how they're going to catch those teams. So, look, they, they see, this team is very unlikely to make the playoffs at this point. So I just want to see what happens the rest of the season. Um, another thing I really want to see is I want to see Philippe Myers stay healthy with the Phantoms. I still think he's probably the top prospect in this organization that's not in the NHL. And he's was injured for probably half of the first half of the AHL season. He, you know, missed a number of games. He's back now. I'd like to see him because he's a real key to this team's long-term success if he could if he could be healthy. So I want to see him stay healthy the rest of the season and maybe come up for one game at the end of the year, get his NHL debut in. But that's something I'd like to see on that level. So yeah, there. I mean, there's nothing I want to see more than him, you know, succeed and stay healthy. It breaks my heart a little bit more every time I see the tweet from somebody uh, that covers the Phantoms or follows the Phantoms closely and he's hurt again. Same thing with Sam Moren. It's, it's like these guys sneeze and they pull a muscle and they're out for three weeks. So, I mean, definitely when you uh, wish somebody a happy and healthy New Year, you, you definitely mean it when you say it to guys like Phil Myers and Sam Moren. Even Michael Neuverth, who's really just, you know, pretty much a waste of money and uh, – and, you know, space on the Flyers roster at this point. But, um, so we took to Twitter to close out the, um, the, the year 2017, uh, the, the show's Twitter at underscore getting bullied. And we asked four questions, two related to 2017, two related to 2018, kind of a foreshadowing of where the, uh, the fans, you know, where their mindset is going into uh, 2018. So we'll start with the uh, the review. And this was a question that you came up with. And it, um, it was, um, what has been your favorite Flyers storyline of 2017? And the options you gave were uh, Couturier's emergence as a first-line center, uh, G's return to form, uh, Voracek's point production, or... Uh, Elliot's play in net. So, where do you think the player, the uh, not the players, um, the fans lean towards most? Yeah, I mean, it looks like uh, the results are pretty overwhelming right now for Sean Couturier's emergence as a one C. That's right. the option that I voted for. I think it would be very close between that and Claude Giroux's return to form. I mean, Giroux's one of my favorite flyers of all time, and it's been great. I mean, especially the last few weeks. He has been absolutely flying around the ice. It's been really good to see Claude Giroux return to form. But I think Sean Couturier becoming a top number one center in the NHL is something that is is something that was very unexpected for a lot of Flyers fans. You know, he's been great at even strength over the last number of years. And this year, playing with Giroux the entire year and with Voracek for a lot of the year, I mean, he's absolutely blossomed and it's great to see him you talked about Sean Couturier has got 32 points in 36 games I mean he's almost averaging a point a game he's got 16 goals he leads the team in goals That's I don't think anyone I don't think anyone was expecting that Sean Couturier was going to lead the the uh the team in goals he uh he's a plus 12 which I think is what's second just behind Robert Haig second in the team in the uh, plus minus and he's he's been phenomenal and what is he 
you know, 25 years old, 24, 25 years old. Yeah, he's 25. So he's still – he's his prime right now, but he's still got a number of years left. And I think I think it's been great seeing Couturier really blossom. Giroux, obviously, it's been awesome. He's got 42 points in 36 games. Vorchek, second in the league in assists. Third, Vorchek's averaging an assist a game. How crazy is that? He's got 36 assists in 36 games. And, uh, you know, I think the last option, you know, would be the Brian Elliott one. He's, yeah. He started off the year slow. He's come on really strongly. But uh, but I think those three players, Couturier, Drew, and Voracek, are the top storylines. What? Wow. Uh, wh- where do you end up? Um, <clears throat> I I voted for um for Drew. However, um, Jake Elliott or not Jake Elliott, wrong sport. Sorry, Brian Elliott, um, is actually edging out Jake. Jake Voracek, so that's where I got Jake Elliott from, reading them one on top of another. Um, Elliott's play in net actually has 5% of the vote, whereas uh, Voracek has 4% of the vote to this point. So Maybe uh, all the people that Voracek has blocked on Twitter are refusing to vote for him, which yeah, is basically the entire Flyers fan base. Yeah, I mean, you gotta... Look, if fans, uh, if fans don't like the stuff you're doing, they're gonna let you hear about it, but... I I voted for um for Drew because watching him these last couple weeks and really all season has been, you know, it's almost like, you know, you're in uh you step in a time machine and you're back, you know, three four years ago. Uh, it's just been great to see him actually healthy. He's not being held down by any nagging injuries, you know. Knock on wood with that, but he's got you know he's got his stride back. He's really got you know the um. Pep in his step, if you will. He's seeing the ice, you know, tremendously. You know, he's making passes and making plays like we forgot he even could. And kudos to the people out there that fought tooth and nail for Claude Giroux last season and the season before when everybody was pretty much hating on this guy, writing him off and saying, trade him. And kudos to the people that stuck it out because... I don't want to say that they saw this coming, but because I don't think anybody did. It's not often that a guy on the brink of 30 years old, you know, gets his form back from when he was a 25 year old, but they suck it out. They stayed loyal and he's, um, you know, he's making them feel good for it. He's definitely paying them back for their uh, overwhelming and at times blind support of him. Yeah, I mean, look, I actually, I was, I really doubted he was going to be able to get back to form. Oh, so did I. His, his production's, yeah, his production's fallen off a cliff the last few years. Right. So this is, I, it's very surprising. I think a lot of it has to do with the switch to wing and how well Couturier has been. But Giroux's been phenomenal recently. Here's one thing that I'm kind of sad about when it comes to this is that, again, this team's probably not a playoff team this season. Next year, they'll probably be a borderline playoff team. Pro- probably not a cup contender next season and it's like i really want claude Giroux to be playing like he is now when the young kids are ready to make this team a cup contender so i'm like can we bottle claude Giroux and this year and just put it in the ground like a time capsule and open it up in three years Uh, well you know um yeah that's not that's just simply not gonna happen and i'll I'll take that to the bank. I mean, not the time capsule. Obviously, that's not going to happen. But when this team's ready to contend, this this whole production thing from Giroux will not be happening. And, um, you know, to guys like myself and others that were saying, 
before the season and last season and before last season, uh, trade Claude Giroux. Yeah, I'm I'm still saying that right now because, <laughs> I mean, wh- whenever, honest to God, and maybe not right now, they're probably not going to do it, but closer to the deadline, whenever, other than right now, is his value going to be any higher? Probably not. I mean, after this season, if next season starts and he's just, if he's not, playing as well as he is right now, then there goes his value. So to a team trying to contend, to a team trying to uh, make a strong push for the playoffs, you know, why not? Uh, So I'm just saying, Ron Hextall, now's the time. If you're going to pull the trigger, go ahead and pull the trigger now. Yeah, I don't don't think they're going to end up trading. I mean, he's got a no move. I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah. I know. Uh, look, I know all the ins and outs. I know his contract and everything like that. I'm just saying, if it were to ever happen, you're going to get the most for it, obviously, this season when he's playing as good as he is. But, look, I'm just going to have to come to grips. And, and it's not that I hate Claude Giroux. It's just that I see where that whole situation is going to end up going with Claude Giroux. I know eventually he's going to be the veteran that they're just trying to, you know, keep, you know, find that spark again in him and they're going to struggle finding a spot for him in the lineup with, because he's going to slow down just physically, that's just life, and in this league and as fast as this organization likes to play all of a sudden and all the young kids are going to have, he's going to struggle and eventually be a hindrance to how they play on the ice, and I it would just be sad to me and to everybody to just see Claude Giroux struggling on the fourth line, you know, just playing like five minutes a night. Yeah, I I still think we're probably a few years away from something like that. No, it, yeah, um, it's not going to happen, you know, this year, next year, or maybe even the year after that. But if we're looking down the road to when this team's ready to contend for a cup, you know, three, four years from now, that's when you're probably looking at that happen. I mean, he's going to be, what, 33, 34 years old, and he's already had lower body problems to begin with over the last couple of years. So that's just that's just maybe my pessimistic look of the world, but that's, uh, you know, that's just how I see it right now. Two quick things on that. I think that I think this team might be ready to contend for a cup, not yet next year, but maybe the year after. So what is that? We got ne- next really? this is 17, 18. I think 1920, this team might be ready to contend for a cup. Um, I think the the more immediate question about trading a guy is going to be Wayne Simmons, right? Because yes. Wayne Simmons and the problem for the Flyers is and Ron Hextall is Wayne Simmons is having a subpar year. That being said, his reputation is so good around the league that I still think there's a huge trade market for Wayne Simmons. His contract is up at the end of next season. The Flyers might be able to get a ton of uh, a ton back in terms of prospects and draft picks if they could unload Wayne Simmons this year. But he's such a popular guy in the community and among fans. I don't know what's going to happen, but that's the more pressing need for Ron Hextall because I if he if Simmons plays, you know he he's got to improve. I would think, but. Um, you know, and he is third on the team with 11 goals. But he's a guy who you could get a lot back for. So Hextall's gonna gonna really have to consider what to do with Wayne Simmons, especially if this team just sinks further out of the playoff picture for the next few months leading up to the trade deadline. 
yeah, at that point, it's probably start to uh, it's time to start selling off pieces. But let's um, let's jump to this next question. And again, this one you could tell created by me based on its pessimistic view and its you know just cynical way of uh, you know, asking a question. But who has been the most disappointing flyer in all of 2017? I wanted to squeeze Steve Mason in this, and he did I play for that. the Flyers. In calendar year 2017, I had high hopes that he would win this poll. He did. He is not. He will not. Um, actually, I'm pretty surprised that uh, with 58% of the vote to this point, Dave Haxtall leads the way. 20% for TK, Travis Konechny, 14% for Jordan Wheel, and Steve Mason pulling up the rear at 8%. Are, are, I'm... I'm Really, I'm shocked by Dave Axel because I don't know how you could be disappointed by a guy that you really don't have much belief in to begin with. I voted. I didn't even vote for Steve Mason. I just wanted to really kind of see where the fans stood on him. I know he's one of the like more polarizing guys that has played here in a while. I went with Travis Konechny. Um, Kevin, Kevin Fortier of Phillies Flyer put out an, a piece earlier in the season just as the season started. Uh, you know, kind of giving, you know, polling our predictions as a Philly is flyer staff. And one of the questions he had was who is going to lead the flyers in scoring. And I said, Travis Konechny, because I honestly believed that. And his play really has been non-existent all season. That's why I find him to be the most disappointing because I thought coming into this season, I expected him to get a lot more playing time because he was in his second year and maybe Hackstall would believe in him a little bit more. And so far to this point, he hasn't really showed much of what anybody wanted to see. But again, him moving to that top line could be the spark that he needs, could put him with like you know, enough skilled guys to get his skill going, to get his best game going. And you saw that case in point against Columbus last week because he was all over the ice, he was creating plays, he was taking shots, he was getting scoring chances. That was encouraging to see. I just want to see if, A, Hackstall leaves him on that top line, and I think a large part of that is going to have to do with how the team as a whole plays, because if they come out these next two games out of this break and play flat, uh, it's almost a guarantee, really, that Dave Hackstall is going to switch up the lines again. But hopefully the team can play with some spark, can play with some enthusiasm, put a couple of good games effort-wise together, and it leaves Konechny on that top line, and he can just keep progressing forward and just, you know, really giving uh, fans reason to uh, to believe in him again. Yeah, I I mean, I, I, dis- I kind of disagree with you. I don't – Travis Konechny has been a little disappointing from the stats perspective perspective and i the thing i really think he needs to work on in the offseason is his shot because oh, he's percent he's been getting to dangerous areas he's been he's been good with the puck he's been getting to the slot and then he just is firing these kind of like it looks like me playing roller hockey these wrist <laughs> shots towards the net that it's like have almost no prayer of going in it's so always high and wide he, he's a guy that you know you watch a lot of his junior highlights and he's he's scoring goals getting to the dirty spots and just getting in close one-on-one against the goalie and making a great move. He's the guy that I think he's going to have to really improve his shot to beat NHL goalies on a consistent basis. 
But I actually haven't been all that disappointed with his play. Um, I went with Jordan Wheel because yeah. Jordan Wheel. I went Wheel, back and forth with them, I got to say. Yeah, I mean, last year Jordan Wheel was terrific. And I know the question was all of 2017. But so Jordan Wheel was really good last year at the end of the season with the Flyers. And I had high hopes that he was going to come in and be a, a really impact player this season for the Flyers. And he just – I mean, I know he's battled some injuries, but he just hasn't gotten on track at all. He's got nine points on the season. He's got three goals. He's got was tearing up the AHL, and he's a little bit of, a, of, a, of an older player. I mean, look, Travis Konechny's 20 years old, right? He's still got a lot of, uh, a lot of improvement in front of him. Jordan Wheel's 25 years old. So I kind of feel like Jordan Wheels, he's the same age as Son Couturier. He's supposed to be in his prime, and he's, he's just not doing it this season. So he's a guy that I really would like to see step up his game in 2018. He just he he's looked a little lost out there on the ice this year. He's been you know he's he has had the best line mates, but I he's a guy who's really been disappointing for me. I I kind of knew the fans would go Dave Haxtall because look the head coach always gets a lot of the blame, and I'm not saying he doesn't deserve a lot of the blame, but he, you know I just had a feeling Dave Haxtall would be the runaway winner in this poll, which he was. Mm-hmm. Um, again, if you'd asked me at the end of last season, I might have gone Haxtall, but I've you know, I think he's been doing a little better this year. So I, I, you know, I like the trajectory that he's on and Steve Mason. I know you love throwing him in there. I, you know, he's in Winnipeg now. I don't even want to think about Steve Mason. So, (laughs) so I ended up going with Jordan wheel and um, yeah, that's where I ended up. Steve Mason was really thrown in there just to, uh, just to piss off that little part of the fan base. that still has an undying love for Steve Mason, stone cold, Steve Mason at that. Um, Yeah. I was never a fan. No, me either. I'm going to jump in on the defense of Jordan Wheel real quick. Um, and not – look, I, I'm as disappointed maybe as anybody because I literally – like, there were certain nights last – well, not last season, but um, in the summer where I would just kind of lay in bed and think, I can't believe the Flyers are going to lose Jordan Wheel to another team because – you know, going into the expansion draft and everything like that, they didn't have him signed, and I was worried that someone was going to – that uh, Vegas might pick him up, and all of these emotions were running through my mind. And then they signed him, and I was ecstatic. And, yeah, obviously now he's playing, you know, really just kind of bad this season. But you mentioned his age of 25 and Couturier's 25, and I think the difference there is, is Couturier has had – consistent play and what I say consistent I mean he's been in the NHL pretty much his entire career since he was a rookie you know Jordan Wheel really just started getting looks on somewhat of a full-time basis last season so I think there's a part of him that uh, still isn't totally acclimated to the NHL as a whole and I think that he still he his his uh, development as an NHL player, as a full-time NHL player, is behind where someone like Sean Couturier is just because he was down in the AHL, whether it be with the Kings organization or here with the Flyers organization. He was down in the AHL for such a large part of his career to this point that I think he's still picking up the game. Now, I don't want to use that as an excuse because he should be playing better and he should be producing more than he has been to this point. But, um, yeah, that's just a 
I, I have a soft spot in my heart for Jordan Wheel, and I don't want him to to break said spot in my heart. Yeah, that's fair enough. Again, though, he is he's twenty five, so right, right. Just from a just from a athletic standpoint and a hockey perspective, he's he's kind of in the prime. You know, we saw it with Matt Reed. He joined the Flyers at a fairly late age, and he was really good at first, and then he went downhill fast. So, um, you know, just from a aging standpoint, Jordan Wheel doesn't have a whole lot of time left to become a real impact NHL, NHL player, and I, I thought he was really going to become that this year, and he, he kind of, he just hasn't. Right. Well, um, I don't know. We'll see. He still has pretty much half a season to pick it up, and you know, if next season he's doing the same thing, then we'll hit the panic button, and it'll be just another bad contract on the Flyers' books they can't get rid of. So, all right, before, there's two questions left. I'm going to save the one that I put there for last because um, it's about prospects, and there's a guy in there that I'm just going to sit back and let you gush over because I know how much you love him. So I'll go first with your question, and it was, who do you think will be the most improved flyer in 2018? Now, there was some things... There were a couple responses to this question. And one of them was Sean Couturier. And that was at part cat on Twitter. I don't know how you could say that Sean Couturier is going to improve much more than he than how he's playing right now. I think what Sean Couturier is doing is great. And I think this is just the height of his game. Hopefully he could stay with it. But the options were Travis Konechny, Wayne Simmons, Jordan Wheel. You're sensing a theme here with the young guys. And Nolan Patrick. And to no one's shock in the world, Nolan Patrick is running away with this with 64% of the vote. Travis Konechny, 29%. Jordan Wheel, 4%. Wayne Simmons, 3%. Obviously, the love affair for Nolan Patrick is very obvious it's it's very pronounced in this city um again i rode my guy i rode travis konechny and um i want to see where you voted and why yeah i also voted for travis konechny i just think i think that uh if look if he sticks on this top line with Giroux and couturier his his confidence is going to go up his point totals are going to go up and I just quite honestly think that his underlying play has been a lot better than Nolan Patrick so far this season. And I think he's, you know, he's going to get put in a situation where he can excel. Now, Nolan Patrick, I think, would have been a fine choice here. I thought about going with Nolan Patrick. They had him playing with Jake Voracek the last game. And for tonight's game, uh, again, he's he's with uh, Voracek. So he's got every opportunity to really improve. I think it's going to be a slow progression for Nolan Patrick. Like, yeah, I um, agree. He's still, I guess he's 19 years old now, but um, I just, he seems like a guy who just takes things in steps. Like, he had one of the best shots in all of junior hockey the last few years. He hasn't even uncoiled that shot at all. He's like so, he's like so concentrated on playing good defensive hockey and making really good passes. Um, I just think he's a guy who kind of takes a little while to get comfortable at a level, and he's taking a little bit piecemeal. His last few games have been a lot improved 
and it took him some time after he came back from the concussion to get going. But I still think there's going to be some bumps in the road for Nolan Patrick the rest of the season. Whereas I think Travis Konechny, everything is there for Travis Konechny to really have a good rest of the season, and I'm I'm hoping that he does. Um, but I yeah I went Konechny for pretty much every reason you just said. Um, I really have a lot invested emotionally as well as financially. I purchased a Travis Konechny jersey, so I'm all in on TK. However, Nolan Patrick. He continues to irk the ever-loving shit out of me. Maybe it's because, mostly, it is. It is because the fans in this town got on him, and maybe rightfully so, from day one. As soon as the Flyers got that second pick, everyone jumped on the Nolan Patrick bandwagon, and I jumped on too. Everyone got me excited for Nolan Patrick, and to this point... I am utter. I am left utterly disappointed and just wanting so much more out of this kid. It's almost like he's like he's playing to me from what I'm seeing, just kind of shy and timid out there. It's almost like he's going out there and he's playing the game to not fuck up. He's trying to not mess something up, make a big turnover, and it's like you said, he's focusing on playing defensively because I think he just you know he's. Just trying to play it safe, and you're right. The guy, the kid's got a great shot. You know, he could probably, if he kept at it, if he kept working at it, he could probably end up with one of the better shots in the NHL in the coming years. I think he just needs to get out of this shell that he seems to be in. And you know, he is new. He is 19. He is a rookie. I get all of that, but you know. At a certain point, I want to see him just kind of go out there and let it fly. Just And maybe if the Flyers get eliminated from the playoffs, you know, early, or if it's, you know, like two months left in the season and it's pretty obvious that this team's not going to make the playoffs, maybe at that point, now that there's nothing to play for but himself and his progression as a player, maybe then he'll go out there and just, you know, play free, play fun, and just play to put the puck in the net. But right now... I'm a little disappointed in uh, Nolan Patrick. I want more, and there's a part of me, there's a fear in me that, once again, the Flyers got the wrong guy at second overall. I don't want to right now compare him to JVR because that's just not fair and probably a little ludicrous, but it's a fear of mine. Maybe it's the Philly fan, my inner Philly fan, just we always have this fear that it's too good to be true. But as of right now, I am very reserved on uh, on the number two overall pick, Nolan Patrick. Yeah, look, I think that's fair. I mean, you know, I a lot of Flyers fans just sort of have blind optimism that Nolan Patrick is going to become a star slash superstar in the NHL. And um, I think it's fair to, to, to wonder, you know, what, what his upside is at this point. Point. Now, I think I still think that the major inhibitor to him reaching his upside is probably going to be injury. And yeah. I think that when he came back yeah. from the concussion, he was really he was playing very reserved for a while and timid when he came back from the concussion. He was a guy who was injury prone coming into 
the NHL. I mean, he what he only played like thirty games his his draft season, which was uh, you know the the fewest games that a top five pick had played his draft season in a long time. The kid on the Canadians, I forget his name, um, Galchenyuk. He was the only other guy that had played you know less than twenty games his draft year in a, in a while and was picked top five. So there's definitely injury concerns with him. I still think that he's got a lot of high level upside, but um, he definitely has just hasn't shown a whole lot this season. I I really hope that playing with Voracek, he's going to get a little bit more comfortable and, and he'll have he'll have more space because Voracek is so good at skating with the puck and finding open teammates. Um, you know, I, this is probably a completely irrational concern, but, uh, you know, sometimes I question, I don't know, question his dr- drive to play the game of hockey. Like, he's had so many injuries that I sometimes have these irrational fears that he's going to have a couple more injuries and just pack it in and say, that's it, you know, I'm, I'm not going to play hockey anymore. Probably completely unfounded and irrational. I'm just sort of saying what's going through my mind, and it probably is the Philly fan mentality. Mm-hmm. But um, I definitely have some fears about Nolan Patrick. I had them before the draft. I mean, I wrote a long piece. I wrote a long piece for Philly Esquire about all of his injuries and comparing him a little bit to Patrick Stefan, who was – what was he, the, the first or second overall pick and had some concussion issues and mm-hmm. never got untracked and retired a few years after, after being drafted, basically. So, look, I don't think that's going to happen with Nolan Patrick. I think that he will likely settle in as a good number two center for his career with the Flyers, maybe with number one center upside. But, you know, it's it, – the other thing is it's really tough when these guys are in the NHL. I mean, Nico Hishier has been – really good recently he scored two goals last night uh he's been playing very well on the top line for the devils but it's hard to judge when these guys come right into the nhl i mean nolan patrick obviously is no austin matthews he's no patrick Lyde. he's no Connor mcdavid he's no jack eichel he's not quite as talented as those guys so it's like keeping expectations in check but yes i i have some fears about nolan patrick i would like to see him play injury free the rest of the season he had the offseason um hernia surgery which he's you know trying to recover from obviously it takes a little while to get back from that so look i want patrick to have a good rest of the season i want him to be healthy going into the offseason so he can concentrate on getting stronger and getting into really good hockey shape and next year hopefully we'll see a different nolan patrick but i have some fears yeah um philly uh the fans as a whole in all of the city, with all of the sports teams, there was a high going on in the city, and rightfully so, because you had a football team that was absolutely killing shit every week, and my fears in Nolan Patrick got heightened even more when literally, like, the one hope this city had at winning its elusive first Super Bowl went pretty much out the window when Carson Wentz tore his ACL. So at that point, when that happened, I said, damn. A, that's probably not ever meant to happen. The The Eagles in the Super Bowl, might it might just not meant, be meant to be ever. And maybe we're just not supposed to have nice things, like a Carson Wentz or Nolan Patrick being what people want him to be. So I'm a little... 
and I think everybody right now is a little um, we're a little sensitive and we're we're hurting, but we'll pull through. And look, it's so early in his career, Nolan Patrick, and he really didn't have much of an off season because he had the surgery and he had all that going on, and they barely let him on the ice for a large part of the summer. So yeah, if he could, you know, keep what health he's had. Uh, for most of this season, other than that concussion issue, then yeah, maybe with a full off-season workout and everything like that, he will. Um, I don't know. Maybe next season we'll we'll see some more promise. Uh, you know, the stuff that we're not seeing right now. But now we're gonna get to the um, to the prospects. And here was my question. It was a little odd. I'll have to admit that I threw out the prospect question because you're the prospect guy when it comes to the Flyers. But my final question, looking ahead to 2018, and it's funny how life works because if you asked this question in the middle of the summer, it would have been a runaway for Oscar Lindblom because everyone was kind of hating a little bit on Morgan Frost because he was part of that Shen deal. But now you see what Morgan Frost has done, and it goes the other way. So the question, which Flyers prospect Will you be keeping track of most in 2018? Morgan Frost, Maxime Sushko, German Rupsaw, German. Is that is that how you pronounce that, or is it? Uh, is... Ger- German. Oh, German. All right. Yep, German Rupsov. This is why the world traveler you needs to stick around. And uh, Oscar Lindblom. So, like I said, you asked this question in mid-July. Oscar Lindblom is running away with this thing. But Morgan Frost leads the way, 56% of the vote. Oscar Lindblom is behind him, 30%, uh, 12% for German, and just 2% for Maxime Sushko, who I believe is the captain of the uh, Russian team with the World Juniors. Bella, the Belarusians. The he's, Belarusians. He's, he's the captain of Belarus, yes. Oh, I got you. Well, okay then. You know, they all sound alike, all their last names. Sorry, Russia. Yep. We're big in Sweden, however, so I don't – so hello, Sweden. But Huge I know how much you love Sidney Crosby, Morgan Frost. So um, once again, the floor is yours, sir, to just go ahead and gush <laughs> over how well he's played. And he has I, – I don't say that tongue-in-cheek. I don't say that sarcastically. He's played great as of late and really all season, and he's a large part of why – uh, the Greyhounds have won like what twenty in a row or something crazy like that. But so, th- for everyone that doesn't know about Morgan Frost at this point, tell them, fill them in on how great this prospect is for the Flyers. Yeah, I wrote a I wrote a pretty long piece on Morgan Frost that you can check out at phillyisflyer.com. and uh, he's quite simply he's absolutely tearing up the OHL as an eighteen year old. So. Here's some numbers for you. Yeah, first of all, the Salt St. Marie, or I guess it's the Sault St. Marie Greyhounds, they've won 20 straight games. That's his team. They're 29-3-2. They've only lost <laughs> three games in regulation. They've got the best record across the three Canadian leagues, the, the Western Hockey League, the Ontario Hockey League, and the uh, Quebec Major Junior Hockey League. Frost, uh, uh, he's got points in 11 straight with 27 points in those 11 games he's third in the ohl with 55 points he's first in the ohl with a plus 42 rating 
The next best guy is a plus 32. But when you get a little deeper into the stats, it becomes that much more incredible. So one of the stats that they keep track of their primary assists, right? So obviously the guy who makes the pass that leads to the goal is the primary assist. He He's averaging – he's got 25 primary assists. That's four more than anyone else in the OHL. He leads the OHL with an average of .76 primary assists a game. Here's the really important thing to look at um, – in, in these leagues, right? The Canadian Junior Leagues are 17-year-olds, 18-year-olds, and 19-year-olds. Some 16-year-olds. But um, the, you'd expect the 19-year-olds to have the better stats, right? Like German Rupsov, for example, is a 19-year-old. He was drafted two years ago. Morgan Frost is only an 18-year-old. So if we only look at the 18-year-olds, Morgan Frost is averaging 1.67 points a game which is second in the OHL. The only guy who's got more than him per game is Robert Thomas, who is the first-round pick for the St. Louis Blues. If you look across the entire Canadian Junior Leagues, Frost is fourth in points for games played as an 18-year-old. Here's some of the other draft picks. So he was picked 27th. The Flyers got him 27th in the draft. You look at some of the guys taken ahead of him that are in the Canadian Junior League leagues cody glass was taken sixth he's averaging 1.53 points a game michael rasmussen ninth 1.36 points a game owen tippett 10th 1.12 points a game basically morgan frost is outperforming almost every single forward that was taken above him that's playing in the canadian junior leagues and when you watch the highlights and my article's got a ton of highlights he looks like a cross between Sidney crosby and johnny goodrow also maybe a little bit of claude Giroux. But he makes incredible passes. He his on ice vision is is incredible. He'll make a pass on a, a uh, he had a, a play in front of the net where almost anyone is going to take the shot. He saw a guy behind him out of the corner of his eye. He does a drop pass between his own legs that sets up a goal. He's just been absolutely tearing up the OHL, and he started off a little bit slow. Again, he's he's got twenty six points in the last eleven games, which is incredible. Uh, he's the guy that really impressed me in the development camp. And so in my preseason top 15 Flyers prospects, I think I had him eighth or ninth, which was higher than a lot of people had him. And I said I really expected him to have a strong season based on what I'd seen in the development camp and in highlights. And he really has. I mean, he's it's an embarrassment that he wasn't even invited to uh, try to make the Canadian World Junior team. There were a number of other guys that were snubbed also. But it's uh, it's really embarrassing, Morgan Frost didn't make that team or wasn't even looked at. He probably will next year. He's a guy that, you know, probably won't be on the Flyers next year. I'd expect him to have one more season in the Canadian Junior League. So for the Flyers fans, he's probably, you know, a little over uh, a year and a half away. You never know. Travis Konechny, if you look at the numbers that Travis Konechny put up in the Canadian Junior Leagues as an 18-year-old, Morgan Frost is basically putting up the same exact numbers. Konechny made the Flyers as a 19-year-old. I just I think that Frost is maybe needs a little bit more physical development, and the Flyers are probably going to be a little bit better next year than they were when Konechny made the team. So I doubt that Frost makes the team, but he's he's become a really high end prospect who whose upside is now that of a number one center. Uh, so folks, go check out the article at philliesflyer.com. All of that being said, Mark, I didn't vote for him in wow. the poll that what? put up for. For which prospect I would be keeping track of most in 2018, because I know what I expect from Morgan Frost in 2018. Right. I think he's going to continue to be phenomenal. 
I want to see Oscar Lindblom get called up to the Flyers yeah. at some point over the next few months, and I want to see him excel because he's a guy who everyone coming into the season expected to make the Flyers. He had a phenomenal year in the Swedish Hockey League, which is the third best hockey league in the world, most people think, behind the NHL and the uh, KHL. And he didn't make the team. He, he wasn't great in the preseason, but he probably could have made the team, and he didn't. Ron Hextel wanted him to go down to the Phantoms and work on his game. And he's been great recently. He's got a point streak going. Uh, he's I, I think he does. I, I know that he's been um, playing really well over the last month. So Oscar Lindblom is a guy that I think should come up in the next few months and could make a really big impact on the flyer. So, so I actually went for Oscar Lindblom. Even though Morgan Frost is probably the one I'm the most excited about, um, I also, you know, Philippe Myers is a guy that you didn't have in your list of, of guys here to look at. Right. As the president of the Philippe Myers fan club, as you are, you know, I maybe would have thought you would have had him in there. But he's another guy that I'm really excited to see what happens in 2018, just because I want to see the guy stay healthy. Um, I think, yeah, I'm I'm actually embarrassed that I didn't put um. Philippe Myers in that. I think, um, I don't know. I don't know what the hell I was thinking, to be completely honest with you, but that's okay. He'll be, he'll be in next year's if he's not up with, the, if he's not up with the Flyers and I'll be upset anyway, but, um, I'm a little shocked that you went Lindblom. I mean, not entirely because he is one step away from the Flyers and you were big on him all summer, uh, especially at the rookie camps and stuff like that. Uh, but I think with, with Lindblom, probably a large part of the reason why he didn't make the Flyers is because he was coming from the Swedish League, and the Flyers probably just wanted him, or probably thought that he needed to adjust more to the North American game. And, I mean, I, you, you saw that earlier in the year with the Phantoms. He was struggling a good bit, and it seems now he's, you know, gotten the smaller ice, you know, he's more comfortable with it, he's seeing the ice better, and it's showing up on his play because he is, he's, he's picked up his game considerably. I wonder, and I, I wonder what you would say to this, and it's almost a little crazy to say, but I, I feel like the Flyers would be more compelling of a watch if they weren't, um, like, if later in the season, if, like, a month or two from now, I feel like they'll be more compelling of a watch if they're not in the playoff conversation anymore. Because then, I, at that point, I feel like they'll just kind of say, all right, well, we're not making the playoffs this year. So let's, you know, let's start getting rid of some of these guys that we're not going to need as far as the NHL. Like Wayne Simmons, like you said earlier in this show, he, he the Flyers are probably, could probably get a, a pretty good haul for him if they traded, if they traded him. So... If they're out of the playoffs and he's gone, now you're bringing in who who knows. And I'm not going to speculate on a package for Wayne Simmons, but at that point you could start bringing up some of these other guys like a Lindblom, like a Phil Myers, like a finally uh, Sam Moran. So the Flyers actually would probably be more compelling and more exciting to watch if they weren't even competing for the playoffs because I feel like at that point – they're just going to, you know, bring these kids up and just start letting them play. Yeah, I mean, I I think that Oscar Lindblom is hopefully going to be up to try and help them make a playoff push um, because he's been playing that well with the Phantoms. 
I, you know, Sam Moran is another guy that if he gets healthy, you know, you'd, you'd like to think that he might have a spot on this Flyers team regardless. Um, I don't know. You know, Phil Myers is going to be interesting. He's really got to get healthy. And I, I think if we see him with the Flyers this season, it'll just be as like a late season out of the playoff picture. Let's bring up Myers for a game or two, give him some NHL experience. Um, but even if he's really good the rest of this season, I still think he might start next season in the AHL. I mean, I guess we'll see what happens. Obviously, Travis Sanheim started uh, this season with the NHL, so Myers is kind of on the same track going into next season that Sanheim was going into this season. I think he's just got to prove that he can stay healthy. That's going to be a big thing for Philippe Myers. And what happens at the trade deadline is going to be big because if the Flyers – move Radko Gudis, then they'll probably bring Sam Moran up. Um, you know, I think irregardless of what forwards they move, they'll probably bring Oscar Lindblom up. So, yeah, I mean, like, I want them to, to stay in the playoff picture, but I do agree that the further they are out of it, the probably the higher likelihood that we'll see some of these young kids um, up, and which would definitely, which would definitely be exciting. So, um, since we're somewhat talking about juniors... Tomorrow night, Friday night, USA versus Canada, outdoors at a New Era Field in Buffalo. Who do you have in this uh, in this classic rival matchup between uh, the two North American teams? Um, it's going to be really cold. By yeah, the way. it is. It is very cold. <laughs> Hopefully, I don't even... you know. The Flyers might want to make a call to uh, Team Canada and say keep our uh, keep our star goalie prospect um, in the locker room so he doesn't you know catch the flu or something like that. He already had what mono mono this year? yeah. So Carter Hart had mono earlier this year, although he's he's putting up ridiculous video game otherworldly stats this year in the CHL. But um, you know, I uh, my buddy's going to the game too. I'm kind of really? not jealous actually. The, it's going to be – I looked at the forecast. What is There's like a 50% chance of snow, and it's going to be 10 degrees, probably feel like negative 10. I, I don't even know if I'd want to go to that outdoor game. I think yeah, Canada's going to win yeah. that game. because oh, probably, yeah. Yeah, because I think – I actually think the U.S. is a better team than Canada, but the U.S. has got a lot of guys like – it's. I don't know if you watched um, any of the games. I think you mentioned maybe you had another chance, but Casey Middlestat is – is like insanely talented. He's one of the best stick handlers I've ever seen at the World Juniors level. He's the kid who showed up to the NHL draft combine and couldn't even do a push up or a sit up. Sorry, couldn't right, even do right, a uh, right. no no pull up. Sorry, pull up. He couldn't even do one measly pull up, and that's pathetic. Like, come on, man. You know they're going to be testing that. Show up and do a pull up. I was pretty critical of him, and I, it's funny because I was tweeting out some nice things about Casey Middlestat watching the game and, and I was getting some people like retweeting old tweets that I'd said about, Oh, Ooh. you know, do a, do a pull up. Yes. I still think that his work, <laughs> his, I still think that his work ethic is going to be an issue when he gets to the NHL. Like the fact that he's tooling on Denmark doesn't necessarily mean that like he's now going to be great in the NHL, but he's been so good. He, he, you know, he looked really good, but he's a guy who I saw him like skating around outdoors for practicing for the outdoor game. He looked like my grandma when she goes outside, like how many layers he had on. It's like 
I think Casey Middlestat's fingers are going to get a little cold, and he's just not going to, you know, not going to be the same. Like, and the U.S. has got a lot of players like that. So, I think Canada has got a little bit more, uh, more, more size, um, especially defensively. And I think that uh, I think Canada's going to win that outdoor game. Uh, Carter Hart might pitch a shutout. You know, I'm going to say three to one Canada. Wow. Um. Yeah. I. Uh, yeah. I mean. The USA, and I'm trying to, yeah, they they just beat the balls off of Denmark the other night, as as you've just mentioned. Um, they got a good squad. Uh, so so does Canada. I, I like the Canadians in uh in sub zero temperatures, just because I'm pretty sure that's how they're all given birth to up there, just in a snowbank in an igloo and you know at center ice in their backyard rink. Um, so I honestly think the cold weather will benefit the Canadians, our our friends from the north. And I really like Carter Hart. So I'm going to be um, probably the most, you know, it's very unpatriotic move. And if Donald Trump heard this, I'd probably get, you know, sent the hell out of here. But I'm going to go with Canada. I'm going to ride the hot uh, Flyers goalie in Carter Hart. I'm going to say... Uh, I'm going to say it'll be close. I'll say 2-1 Canada. Yeah, I mean, look, I don't root for the U.S. in this in the World Juniors. I root for the teams that have the Flyers prospects. On right. Them. So, right. Uh, you know, I'm rooting for Canada because of Carter Hart. I'm uh, I'm rooting for Russia because of Germán Rupsov. I'd like to see Sweden do okay. Uh, Linus Hogberg is a Flyers defenseman who's not been getting as much ice time as he should be getting. But... Um, you know, and I'll root for Belarus because of uh, our man, uh, Maxim Sushko. I think because of our following in Sweden that we should make a hard stance that we want Sweden to win the whole damn thing. I think they're going to, actually. I think Sweden's going to – their defense is so good. That Rasmus Dahlin, who's supposed to be the number one pick in the draft next year, he is ridiculous. Like, he looks like Eric Carlson already. I mean, he's he's phenomenal. and. Oh, wow. um I think, uh, yeah, I think the Flyers, um, you know, I think, uh, you know, Sweden, you know, with Sandstrom was on the team last year. So I, I like him so much that I got to keep rooting for them a little bit. So yeah, I agree. Um, all right. Now, something has been really bothering me as of uh, the last couple weeks, and it's the NHL as a whole, as just um, their complete lack of promoting themselves promoting their own game is it, it's really appalling to me um this kind of all started when they had that uh the game it was like during the week at like 2 p.m a couple weeks ago who who was uh the hurricanes and the maple leafs yeah first of all why was that the matchup the hurricanes and the maple leafs they're celebrating their 100th year anniversary. 100 years is nothing to scoff at. And, hey, there's been points in this season where I completely forgot about it. And that matchup just, first of all, should have never happened. Anything that has those, you know, anything that, any game that they put together that has anything to do with the 100th anniversary should have... One of the or two of the original six in the damn game. Why? Why would anybody want to watch 
the friggin' Maple Leafs. I understand the Maple Leafs, but nobody wants to see the Carolina Hurricanes, who are struggling to even stay in the league at all. Nobody wants to see the Carolina Hurricanes play such a big game. But the main problem is nobody saw the game because it wasn't on national TV. So unless you live in the television market of Raleigh, North Carolina, or Toronto, Ontario, Canada, you didn't see the game unless you stream it or if you have the NHL's whatever friggin' NHL TV, whatever the hell it's called, where you pay like $50 a month and you can watch all the games, they don't. They just don't. If the NBA had a game like that, 2 p.m. in the middle of the week, guaranteed it's on TNT or TBS or at least NBA TV. The NHL just doesn't even bother to think, to get this game on national TV so everybody could watch it and not just the select few that have the TV packages or live in the two markets. That's number one. Number two, and I saw this tweet the other night. It was a tweet from the NHL, their official Twitter account. And it was a GIF. I don't remember the player, but they looked depressed on the bench. And it was like an Edmonton Oilers player or something. Yeah. I know exactly what you're talking I think about. it was Darnell Nurse or something like that. And he and the, the tweet was, another night without hockey. And they had the World Junior Championship on their network. They yeah, had was- hockey being televised on their own network, and that's the tweet they put out. Literally, the future stars of their league are playing on their own television network and they tweet another night without hockey. Yeah, that was from working at a racetrack where we had a marketing department that had uh, kept having to hire and fire people who are doing the Twitter accounts. I mean, that was simply some kid who had no idea what he or she was doing making a tweet because they saw there weren't any NHL games. It's like, you know, it was pretty pathetic. I can yeah, understand I mean, that a little bit more just because it's, it's again, it's probably some intern who's making no money that's that's putting that tweet out there. The the, the thing about the afternoon game, I, like nobody even knew that game was going on. I had no idea until five minutes before they dropped the puck. I happened to be on Twitter, and I saw people complaining about it. And I said, well, first of all, why is I follow the NHL on Twitter? So why is this the first time I'm even hearing about this game, let alone like having to see that it's not even being televised? So it's not even the tweets I saw weren't even of people being excited that the game was about to be played, that they're about to watch a national a regular season National Hockey League game at 2 p.m. on like a Wednesday. The tweets were, shit, I can't watch this game on TV. And my thought was, shit, I didn't even know this game was happening. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I know. I agree with you on that one. And who? Oh, the snoozer of all snoozers. The friggin' Toronto Maple Leafs and the Carolina Hurricanes. Ooh, let me get my popcorn ready. I can't wait to watch that matchup. Well, the Maple Leafs have some pretty exciting no, players. The Maple but... Leafs do. But I, if if I have, if I'm watching the Maple Leafs, then let me watch them. And again, you can't foreshadow that this game that the the Hurricanes, how they're going to play. But it's not like at the beginning of the season or in the offseason when you're making this schedule and you look at the list 
of uh, you look at the rosters. I mean, you could pick probably 15 other rosters in the NHL that would be more exciting just on paper than the Carolina Hurricanes have. Yeah, I I, I totally agree with you on that. Good. I had I'm no late. idea that game was going on. I, I don't understand the NHL, and this isn't the first time that I've kind of went off on them for their just lack of promote self-promotion. I mean, they are a major sports league in, like, the biggest country in the world, and just the art of self-promotion is completely lost on them, and quite frankly, it's embarrassing, and I mean, that's why nobody gives a shit about hockey outside of you know, this niche group of people that we happen to be a part of because they don't do any, the, the NHL doesn't do a damn thing to promote their own league and to promote their players. And it's sad. And that's why, really, unless you, like, have a love of hockey outside of that, nobody gives a shit. Bottom line. So there you go. That's That's my little rant on the NHL that I need to get off my chest. All right. You feel better? No. Okay. That's well. That's well the, then, well, go the watch the Flyers part. now, and hopefully they'll pick you up. Yeah, the Flyers. I guess they're going. Uh, I'm not going to give any updates, so let's just wrap this up. So, Dan, uh, 2017 is the year that we kind of got this whole thing going. So, how? I'll let you just have a little closing statement. It doesn't have to be about the show. Just the Flyers in general, life, whatever. Close out 2017 in your own words. Well, I think that, uh, you know, they didn't make the playoffs this year, and I don't think they're going to make the playoffs uh, in 2018. But all that being said, I think it's an upward trajectory, and I'm very excited to see how guys like Travis Konechny and and Nolan Patrick play the second half of the season, and Oscar Lindblom hopefully coming up, and Philippe Myers playing well in uh, the AHL. So, I am uh, I'm optimistic. I'm an optimistic Flyers fan. And, uh, you know, hopefully the Eagles can find a way to pull it out, too. Well, that the second one's not going to happen. I've all but accepted that. Yeah. As far as the Flyers go, um, at this point, us as fans don't have any other option but to be optimistic. We've really had this whole rebuild thing force-fed to us. I mean, it was going to happen whether we liked it or not, so we just kind of pretty much had to hop on board and ride it out. Um, I don't predict a 2018 trip to the playoffs for the Flyers, perhaps 2019, but, you know, we still have a whole half of a hockey season to get through. Look, for better or worse, we're going to watch the games. We're going to yell about them. We're going to cheer when it's appropriate. We're going to boo when it's appropriate. Um Either way, there's a lot to be excited about for the future of the Flyers, and it's going to be a fun ride. And I, I honest, I really hope that like four or five years from now, uh, maybe even sooner. You think it'll be sooner? I don't. But at some point in the next two to five years, I really hope that we're looking back on times like this, years like this, and just laughing. And you know, we just get to breathe a sigh of relief and say. We made it, and it feels good. So that's that's my hope. That's my optimistic view of uh, of the Flyers, and, and we'll see. So, Dan, the, the fine people of the Delaware Valley and Sweden, where can they read you? Where could they see your tweets and things of that nature? 
So follow me on Twitter at, uh, at DSilver88. The 88s for Eric Lindros. He'll be getting his jersey raised to the rafters on, on uh, January 18th or 19th. And uh, follow uh, all the articles that me and all the other Flyers fans over at phillyisflyer.com do. So it's uh, the Twitter account, phillyisflyer. And uh, online, www.phillyisflyer.com. We've got a lot of great content up there, so check it out. Yeah, and um, of course, as for me, you can follow me on Twitter, at Mark Flagman. That's with two N's. Um, you can follow this show's Twitter, at underscore getting bullied. And, uh, you know, yeah, read everybody at Phillies Flyer. Great stuff, great content. You know, just a dearth of knowledge from people far smarter than myself. As for all of you Flyers fans out there, as for all of you fans of the NHL, uh, have a happy new year. I hope your holiday season last week, whatever you celebrate, uh, was a good one. So, uh, again, happy new year. Go Flyers, and uh, we'll see you in 2018.